Hi, today on Sci-Fi Talk, we have Stephen Price in a vintage conversation after winning his Oscar for the film, Gravity. He's actually worked on quite a few films for Edgar Wright, like Attack the Block and also The World's End. But it was a recommendation from Abbey Road Studios that led him to work with Howard Shore and the Lord of the Rings original trilogy. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how science fiction, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And here is my conversation with Stephen Price. For The World's End, uh, did you deal primarily with Mr. Wright, or did the other boys have some input as well? Edgar kind of em- embraces the, the input of, the, of, of certainly Simon and Nick. You know, they all they all kind of watch the film and they all have notes. I mean, my my connection was largely with Edgar, and I spent a lot of my time with him. Um, but I know, you know, Simon saw various cuts of the film with with music in it, and I'd get notes here and there. And and you know, it, it's it's a good team. They kind of they've obviously been working together for for a long, long time, and it was nice to to slot into that. You know. And musically, uh, did you have ideas that you brought to the table too that you kind of ran by them a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, it started really early for me on on that, and that Edgar and I had, had worked together before on um, Scott Pilgrim and, and also Attack right. the Block. So when when the World's End was about to be, they hadn't even shot it when I had my first meeting, I think, with Edgar about it. So we talked about kind of style things and and um, you know ideas of how to do it and and. Even to extent of you know what instruments we might might use, what might be suitable for the characters and that sort of stuff. It was a long old process. You know, we dip into it every now and then, and then obviously when when the shoot had happened, then we got into it properly and, and got stuck in. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was kind of it was it was good fun because there was World's End was an opportunity to do lots of kind of different sorts of films at the same time. Really, we got <laughs> yes. to um, you know there was a, a big relationship aspect to it, but there's also a big sci-fi thing, and you know there was a, a lot of action in there as well. So it, it got to yeah, you got to have a lot of fun in different ways with that one. There is more with Stephen Price talking about his Oscar-winning film, Gravity, in a moment. It's about guys dealing with middle age, and yeah. they're not 20 anymore, and they're going yeah, out absolutely. pub hopping. And, you, you know, we all, had to de- we all have to deal with it either sooner or later. I've already passed it, so I know what it's like. It was it was nice that, that that people got that as well sort of over here certainly when when it came out it was people kind of really responded to the to, to that you know that that whole theme of of you can't go back and you know life changes and that sort of stuff and it was I, I thought there was some wonderful bits in the scripts from that and it was it was yeah it's very effectively written that film and you mentioned the sci-fi angle I mean they're essentially uh, robots uh, in the film yeah. uh, it's not a secret but I mean there there is a a tendency with to give them like robotic kind of music. Did you resist doing that? There, there are aspects in there that are kind of you know automated sort of sounds. You know, very sort of rhythmic and very kind of not militaristic, but kind of very kind of yeah, sort of robotic in in some senses. The, the electronics of it. Mm-hmm. But with with this kind of because they were they were kind of they, they looked so so wonderfully kind of homemade. You know, there, there was that sort of great sort of the way their arms would click on and off and that sort of stuff. It was kind of that led us in a bit of a, a, a radiophonics workshop kind of a direction. You know those sort of <laughs> noises that you used to get on sixties, seventies, eighties kind of sci-fi British TV, where the, the machines were kind of held together with tape, and it was all all very kind of um, incredibly evocative, but also a kind of a, a sound of something 
not quite in peak condition, you know? I grew up on those. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> so I, I love all that. And Edgar, Edgar yeah. sort of, I share a bit of a love for that sort of stuff. So it was, it was fun doing that. I love making those sort of noises. And that was, that was a good thing to play with. That's cool. That's so cool. Those guys, uh, they have, uh, they have fun, but they also have a respect for the genre. You know, so I oh really yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think they've, there's if, if you're ever in a room with with Edgar, you know, it, it, I, I I certainly always feel hugely ignorant about the amount of films I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. there's so much that he he's seen, studied, and kind of taken on board, and you know, he, he just loves it. And so so talking to him, it's like he's he's still got all that enthusiasm you get when you first watch these things. Now, as far as the process, uh, did you write, you know, based on their direction, go off and write music first? Or did you already have some stuff that you kind of thought of before you, you know, before you before you met them? Well, I, I would I would fiddle around with kind of ideas just on my own, sort of uh, for a while. As they were shooting, I kind of always I always knew it was coming up, so I would I would you know every now and then on a quiet afternoon I'd play with a few things and and um, you know try and make a few noises, perhaps play with a theme that sort of stuff. But it's really when the the picture started coming in um, that I started properly sort of getting onto it, and it, it's fun when you start responding to the picture because it's everything kind of has an influence on the, oh, yeah. the kind of colors in your music which which respond you know whether it be the way it's it's lit the way the character looks you know all these things kind of have a little little influence on it and um the great thing with, with edgar's film is it, it it was so tightly scripted and and, and they knew exactly what they were going to do mm-hmm. so the film didn't really change shape much from from when i first started on it to when we finished so I, all the time we could you know finesse ideas and, and try a few different things in spaces and, and see see what was really needed and, and get the flow of it right and the timing because it's kind of all being in one night you know the film all being based over right. one one big pub crawl it was important to get the the rhythm of the whole film right and, and you know we fiddled around but it was it was a good fun and collaborative thing because you know he's, he's great with notes like he kind of knows what he wants but he's happy to let you you know try a few things to try and accomplish it did that help you as far as how much time you had to get your work done well, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I quite like starting um, as early as possible anyway, just because it's, it's it gives me time to, to try things. You know, I, I, I've been on films so in other capacities, you know, I've, I've done music editing and arrangements and stuff where it's been literally a, a scramble to the finish line, you know? Mm-hmm. And I quite like that, that sort of second path thing where you get to just, just watch it and think, actually, could I do that better? Could I, is there a better way of expressing what's going on there? I, I kind of enjoy that. It's not always the case. Sometimes the, the schedules go haywire and, you know, you just, that's what it is and, and everyone responds accordingly. But it was nice on that one to have a bit of time to, to play. Did you do anything special for the DVD at release at all? Um, music wise, there's nothing sort of particular. I mean, they, they, there's loads and loads of extras on there, and I, I know they've used bits of score and extracts from score okay. on there. I think they they do they always do really good packages. So there's there's all sorts of documentary stuff, and I know there's there's a quite a lot of uh, commentaries and, and outtake reels, and, and you know lots of interesting making of stuff. Because on that one, it wasn't a huge budget film, but it kind right. of it, it did a lot of of big stuff. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting the story of how it was made, really, and how how they managed to make it look like that for, for what they had. Yeah, that's great. You have a, another film coming up. Uh, this one I'm looking forward to as well. Gravity uh, for Alfonso Cuarón. I, I mean, he's he was the guy that kind of uh, I thought ushered Harry Potter into the adult age, as well as you know, to Mama Tambien and his. Absolutely, I loved that film. I remember seeing that, and it was so so fresh, wasn't it? After yeah. Yeah. It really, really took it on to the next next stage. Describe, uh, you know, working with him and uh, and what kind of direction he gave you for that one. With him, from the very first meeting, it was it was clear it was going to be kind of 
different, you know. It was uh, the, the, my first meeting was the, the first conversation really was about the, you know there's obviously no sound in space yeah and if there's no sound in space the music's going to be the only thing so so we don't have to be conventional with the music we can we can try to do it differently because yeah, a lot of times with certainly with action films you know your your score is is battling a lot of other elements you know there's explosions and there's you know whatever there is car chases and a lot of noise you know so you end up you know a lot of times there's the big huge hollywood percussion and all this sort of stuff and and basically he didn't want that he wanted to to try and and do something a little bit more immersive and a little bit more textural and um the score kind of had a bit of an expanded role because with no sound yeah. music was going to take some of that responsibility and and reflect more closely some of the things that were were on screen as well so it was a lot of experimentation on that film we we kind of Again, started early. I, I was I worked on that for the best part of a year. Wow! And um, you know, we try try different things. We discuss them and and see how far we could push things and and where it would land. Really. It sounds like he was very open to experimenting a little bit. Oh, hugely! I mean, that, that's the the one of the great things about working with him. He's 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 kind of just interested in in where we can go with it, and he was always very open to listen to anything and always, you know. Even if I, I played him something that, that, that didn't work, we'd have a great conversation afterwards about what, what we could do. You know, because everything influenced every decision. So we constantly, the thing evolved. And, you know, there's a lot of different versions of things that were written and, you know, compared. And perhaps you'd, you'd end up going back to an early version, but you kind of, it would have this influence of a late version. You know, you'd gone through a big journey with it. So there'd be enough of, it, it was always worthwhile. You know, you always got to somewhere that was more interesting than where you started out. I, it was great. I, I loved working with Alfonso. More with Stephen Price in just a moment. I would think by now it's all—it's pretty much all finished because the release is coming up real soon. I was at the, the premiere in Venice, the Venice Festival, oh, a couple yeah? of weeks ago. There's always little tweaks and things going on, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely, um, definitely pretty much there. So it's all—it's very exciting having it come out and people people seeing it now. What's your impression of the finished product? Well, the first time I, I kind of saw it complete was was in Venice because when I was working on it. Yeah, you know it was all there, but the, the, some of the CGI wasn't in, and you know you kind of some shots would be finished and be stunning, but then perhaps the next one wouldn't be, and all these things come in at different points. Yeah. And so while I was working on it, it was never visually finished, and it was really only a couple of weeks ago I saw it um, complete and finished, and and I was just thrilled. I couldn't believe how visually it's stunning, and I think that what they've achieved on that level, the way they shot it, and the way that they conceived of this whole thing is is kind of um, you know, really groundbreaking, I think. Oh, cool! And it was it was lovely to sort of see it all come together and hear hear everything, you know, and how it yeah. all connected together. And, and people seem to, to connect with it as well, which is you know always nice. <laughs> yeah, people seem to get what we were going for, and, and you know, cause it, it, we took a lot of lot of risks really with the score. It's quite unconventional, and it was nice, nice. hearing people respond and you know the emotional responses to it as well were, were great. Yeah, that's it. That's that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm always, anything Alfonso does. I'm always interested in seeing. I mean, he is just an amazing filmmaker. And uh, if, if there's a Dolby Atmos theater near you, I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend seeing it. And that we did a oh nice an additional little mix on the film middle of this year. Oh nice. And Dolby Atmos. I don't know if you if you know this amazing new sort of sound technology, whereas the, the cool. speakers are literally all around you, and they're in the roof of the theater, and mm -hmm. there's there's lots of them. And they're all full bandwidth, so the whole thing sounds great. And we, we got to play a lot with the immersive qualities of the score. You know, the, the score constantly moves around. You're, you're up in space with the characters. 
Yeah. And yeah. so the, the score kind of reflects that and moves and things sort of pulse about and mm-hmm. transform and stuff. So it was, it was fun playing with that, and I think that's, that's the mix we're all kind of most thrilled with. Well, one of the things you've done in your career is you're also a music editor, and you work yeah. on the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I mean... Yeah. That is an that must have been an amazing project, and certainly oh, it was, it was remarkable. I mean, it's, it's, it's still looking back on it when, when you're kind of working on it, it was it was it was work and challenging and hard work, but you don't kind of realize what what the achievement of the filmmakers was until afterwards, really. And that you know, I still watch those things now, and, and I'm stunned by you know everything. Howard score, I thought Howard Shaw's score was fantastic for that. You know, and have any you know. Any small role in, in the making of that is a bit of a treat. I think those films will, will live on forever. Yeah, they sure will. And you certainly worked on television on the Robin Hood series, too, that I enjoyed watching. Yeah, yeah. Andy Price, is, a, is he's no relation, but he's a, he's a good friend of mine. And he, he did the music for that. And I, I kind of helped with putting it all together. And um, I, I thought they were, there was some great stuff there. His music was fantastic. And you also even did some additional music uh, for the documentary last year on Bob Marley. Yeah, with, with Kevin McDonald. I mean, that was that was um, an interesting one. There was, it was quite a small amount of music I did for that, but it was it was just to solve a, a problem really, in that, that they were obviously using all of Bob Marley's music in the film, yeah. and the rhythm of the film. But but when it came to, to more dramatic moments, kind of like Bob Marley sort of shooting, the attempted shooting, and all that sort of stuff, yeah, and his death, and, and those sort of moments. Reggae kind of doesn't quite work, you know. Right. <laughs> sort of reggae has a bit of a lope that doesn't quite dramatically sort of do what you need to do. So I, I was brought on just to, to help fill those gaps, really. Mm-hmm. And it was fun because I, I kind of took the approach of, of making it fit into the same sound world. And, you know, there's lots mm-hmm. of buzzing amps and, and dub echo kind of effects, you know, all those sort of things that you hear in those the mixes of those reggae tracks, but, but used in a more dramatic kind of way. So it was a bit a bit of different from, from my normal stuff, and I, I really enjoyed working with him. You know, it, it's a very unusual world these days with the way digital has kind of run everything we're doing and computers. Uh, I'm not even... I'm, there's probably an app available where you can actually do some composing on your iPad or, or tablet somewhere. How how do you use the uh, new technology when you write your score? Well, a lot of it's really kind of re- really handy. I mean, I kind of I, I have a terrible habit now of, of always having kind of my phone with me, and, and you know they always have these voice memo recorder things on them. So I have so many little recordings of me whistling things or humming things or tapping something out on a piano when it just struck me when I'm out and about, you know. So in that sense, it's been really useful, and then it all comes into the main studio that I've got here. Which is again, it's all you know. There is a lot of analog and old-fashioned gear in here, and a lot of instruments, but but it all goes into the computer. And a lot of my process now is is based on taking sort of sounds and instruments and and kind of processing them as well. So the whole thing is very entwined. And certainly in the gravity score, like the the whole thing is a blurring of the lines really between organic sounds and electronic sounds. So the computer kind of helps a lot with with that process and making making things into things they, they didn't start out, you know, taking the string section and reversing it and seeing what comes out of that. So, you know, it still always comes down to people performing things and, mm-hmm. and human beings making noise, but <laughs> the, 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 the computer side of it certainly helps with, with the style of stuff I've been doing recently. I guess, uh, like, the phone and, and, and tablet is kind of replaced the writing on the napkin kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, that's still really useful, that. I mean, it's kind of, it's, <laughs> it's it's one of know. the things that, that I, I do still, just to kind of, it, it helps you sort things out sometimes, you know? It's sure. Kind of, uh, something, there's something nice about seeing it written down and 
you know, making sure it, it, it trigger all these different ways trigger different ideas of what you can do next. Like, yeah. Sort of mixing it up a little bit is a, a nice way to work. These days, uh, a home studio is like a must for every composer. Talk to, do you have one of those as well? Yeah, well, I've got I've got a studio that's just next next to my house, which even, is even better because <laughs> I kind of I have I have small kids, and I think if I if I didn't have a studio here, then then I probably wouldn't see them as much, and that that would be a bit sad. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, I got a studio here, and, and literally most of of the two projects we've been talking about were done here. We we kind of went to um, Abbey Road and Air Studios in London to do some of the bigger orchestral recordings, nice. but the vast majority of it is done literally. Just um, in, in my place, which is, um, you couldn't have done that 15 years ago, I imagine, you know? Yeah. Now, is that the first time you've been to Abbey Road? Well, I've, I've been lucky because like, when um, I started out in the industry, kind of in the early 2000s, my, my first um, film music boss was, was a composer called Trevor Jones, and he always sure. used Abbey Road. Oh, yeah. So when, when I was working for him, within a couple of weeks of getting the job, I was sitting next to him in Studio One at Abbey Road, very nervously, <laughs> sort of trying to help. And, um, you know, that was my introduction to the place. And, and funnily enough, the, the assistant on that session, the assistant engineer, um, me and him were both, you know, equally inexperienced and equally nervous. And, and he ended up engineering some of the sessions on Gravity. You know, he's, he's come through the ranks oh, nice. too. And, and now we get to work together in different kind of capacities. A wonderful place to be out of your own. And, and I've always felt very kind of welcome there. And a lot of my friends work there. So it's always a bit of a, a treat to now go back in with a, a project of your own and do the whole thing. You know? There's so much history there, of course, because of the Beatles. Oh, it's a, it's a magical place. And, it's, and I, I grew up with all the, you know, I was obsessed with the Beatles when I was incredibly young. And so you can kind of, now you're a bit older and, and you can hear the, the room, you know, you can hear. But one of the things on Gravity I, I, I wanted to do was get a small string section in Studio 2 yeah. <laughs> and get them playing those really staccato kind of choppy parts, you know. Yeah. And it was there, that sound of like Eleanor Rigby and I and the Warriors, wow. that sound. It, you know, I, I wouldn't pretend that the notes were the, the, as good as the notes they used, but it was it, the sound is there and you get this real sense of... It's an amazing place to be. It's a privilege to, to get to record there. And it, it, I think what amazes me is what they did with the equipment they had. It was dark, absolutely. I mean, four-track tape and, and yeah. Sergeant Pepper, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. And it sounds amazing. I mean, they, these these tapes, when they... I don't know if you heard, there was a thing called Love that they did a, a few years ago, a sort of... Um, they took, for, for Cirque du Soleil, they took all the master tapes and they kind of, they, they rejigged them and did them in a slightly different way. Nice. And yes. the sound quality, it sounds better than anything we do now. You know, these the, they were using these amazing microphones and the quality of the tape was such. It's just... One of the amazing things about the Beatles is that even the engineering side of it was brilliant. You know, every every aspect yeah. came together to make them what they were. Uh, kudos to George Martin. I think he's the fifth Beatle as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, and absolutely. Yeah. And, um, I, I actually, when I was about 12 and 13, I, I wrote to him because I, wow. I, you know, I, I wanted to be a record producer. That's what mm. I kind of thought was going to be my thing. Yeah. And I got a letter back, which I've always thought was one of the classiest things in that it, yeah. it, it gave me advice on, you know, how to go forward and it's important to go on with education and then he'd included some stamps so I could write off to these various establishments he suggested and, and you know apply uh, so I thought it was a very classy little gesture he was amazing what what do you have uh, coming up uh, after um, I, you know what I, I, I do my my shuffling embarrassed English person thing at the minute and that's that <laughs> there are a couple of things knocking around that, that are too early for me to yeah. So just, I get very superstitious about the whole thing in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's, there's hopefully a couple of fun things coming later on this year. But um, yeah, I, I 
I don't take temp states yet. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> and, and do you like working in the sci-fi genre at all and doing those kinds yeah, of things? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the last three things I've done have funnily enough been in that in, in their yeah. differing ways. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's kind of, I think any film that's got a, a real visual imagination and a great story behind it is, is so satisfying to work as a composer because you, you're kind of inspired to make interesting sounds and, and you kind of really can reach for stuff. And yeah. I mean, I've been lucky so far. The stories that, that I've had to, to, to help with and, and tell the story musically, it, it, they've, been, they've been great. I'd, I'd love to do more of that in that genre. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, it certainly gave us some great insights on both those films. Uh, I'm sure The World's End is headed to DVD in just a, probably just in time for the holidays. And then Gravity is going to be at our theaters. I'm going to enjoy watching and listening to that. Well, thank you very much for yeah. giving us the chance to talk. That was my pleasure. I, I mean, uh, composers add a lot to films. Without it, it'd be very, it'd be a lot quieter. <laughs> if nothing else, we make it slightly noisier. <laughs> noisier, but actually, uh, I, there's nothing like in a in a in a very emotional moment, and the music is right there, and it just takes you there too, and it just. It even makes it even more heartfelt, you know, so it's very important. That's, that's the hope. That's the hope. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and uh, thanks for talking to me. I had a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed, and take care. You too now. Bye-bye. You can catch the films he's worked on, Attack the Block, The World's End, and, of course, Gravity, not to mention Suicide Squad, The Acclaimed Baby Driver, Ophelia, Last Night in Soho, which is an interesting film, also with Edgar Wright, among others. Definitely catch this talented composer's work. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks so much for listening.